my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome into Fantasy Sports today here on SportsGrid. I'm Craig Mish. along with David Maddock. We got you for the next hour, 60 minutes of Fantasy Sports Talk mixed in with some wagering talk as well of course we're going to talk a lot about the upcoming major league baseball season and davis had his nfbc draft last night we'll also preview the oakland a's here on the show and davis in the what have you done for me lately world i thought we'd be opening up the show today talking about kansas's very narrow win over north carolina in the ncaa championship last night but i feel like everybody today is just jacked up to see tiger woods back in the masters again Woods doing an interview just about an hour ago, telling reporters that he wouldn't play if he didn't think he could win. And I know Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in the midst of opening day of Major League Baseball, we got the Masters going on, too. This shapes up to be a great weekend. Yep, great, uh, great weekend, great sports week. We had a phenomenal college basketball game last night, the Kansas Jayhawks uh, emerging triumphant. There was definitely a period of that game where it looked like Kansas was not off to the races. They figured it out. And I mean, I mean, you do kind of see that in college basketball a lot because teams just, uh, you know, very perplexingly lose the ability to shoot for like five minute stretches. Like you'll go, I mean, there'll be a two minute stretch of game time where neither team makes a basket. And uh, KU came out at halftime, trimmed that lead to single digits, got back in it. And you're right, people are very excited about Tiger Woods. Just saw a tweet crumb across the timeline. The Tiger Woods is the most bet on golfer in each of these markets to win the Masters, to finish top five, to finish top 20, to make the cut, and to miss the cut. So people are looking to get that Tiger Woods action in. Great week uh, to run a sports book, no doubt. Yeah, great week for us, too, here on SportsGrid. And we'll begin with our headlines here on the show, March the 5th, 2000, or April the 5th, 2022. Kansas Jayhawks win the championship. It was a close game. It was a tight game. But in the end, Kansas wins over North Carolina. Great season, by the way, for the Tar Heels. And Hubert Davis want to mention for sure. Um, Austin Meadows traded to the Tigers last night for Isaac Paredes. So the Rays move Meadows out of town after getting him from Pittsburgh a few years ago. The Tigers are locked and loaded, by the way, for the upcoming season. Johnny Cueto signs a one-year deal with the Chicago White Sox. Lance Lynn is going to be out for a period of time. And then Davis, uh, Fred Couple said he saw Tiger Woods in his practice round, and he said he it was phenomenal. So I guess let's continue 
with the Tiger Woods discussion because I, I, I think it's probably the biggest story that's going to happen in a while. We may not see Tiger Woods play regardless of what he does in the Masters this, this upcoming weekend. So when you see the betting markets all gravitating toward this, I guess the question becomes how much value do you have to get and have the sports book just simply adjusted enough to where they're not giving you any value? with Woods in any of these markets this week, because certainly you made the case there. If everyone is betting on something, usually when we zig in betting, you got to zag. And I, and I don't know if that's the case this week. I mean, me personally, uh, Tiger Woods having not played, probably not being in peak condition. I, I cannot see myself placing a wager on him to win, to finish top five, to finish top 20. But I felt that same way in 2019 when when he won. In fact, had uh, had a Brooks Kepka ticket that mm. uh, that week. So was not feeling, was not feeling. And, and, you know, again, to be fully transparent, I kind of missed the the Tiger dominance. Not not a big Tiger Woods guy, you know, for me. The, the, and welcome to everyone on Radio Davis Maddock. And Craig Mish with you here as we are discussing Tiger Woods' return to the Masters at Augusta National. I mean, you know, to me, the greatest golfers and, and the guys who I really get jazzed to watch are, you know, Dustin Johnson and Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm. And, you know, it's kind of a, a generational thing. Obviously, I, I like it in general for golf when Tiger plays because it means the games in DFS are a little bit better. More people playing, mm-hmm. more people watching. Like, I, I always – and it's, like, clearly good for the sport to have Tiger involved. But, like, if Tiger misses the cut, it's not going to ruin my Masters weekend, I suppose. Yeah, well, I I mean, look, this is also going to generate a lot of eyeballs on the Masters, regardless, just with him playing. And so, naturally, I think the hope for most people is at the very least make the cut and then let the chips fall where they may on Saturday, Sunday. But I I think a lot of people are buying new couches and TVs this week, and I think that that's where they're going to be for the upcoming Masters. And by the way, a lot of people go to play golf usually after watching the Masters as well. Uh, Real quick to the baseball trade. Uh, Rays, I mean, we really can't question anything with them at this point, Davis, but Austin Meadows leaving town. He's going to the Tigers, and I mean, the Tigers may not win a championship this year, Davis, but my gosh, this is the best-looking Tigers team in a long time. It is, and uh, I mean, look, you know, the Rays, they they run on a budget. Uh, Austin Meadows is heading into arbitration. He's got one year left before that. They don't want to pay him. They get Isaac Paredes back, who makes way less money. They have Josh Lowe, who they called up, who, you know, makes pennies. They have Brett Phillips and Harold Ramirez on the roster as well who can fill those outfield slots. So they save some money. They get to call up this prospect that they'll probably trade in four years in a very similar deal. And the Tigers, you're right. I mean, the Tigers lineup, I was looking at it yesterday. I'm like, this is pretty good. You know, if, if some of those young pitchers, if Casey Mize and Tark Skubal can be good, I mean, they, they could be a lot better than they were last year. Definitely. We're also seeing an influx of rookies in 2022 with Lowe, as you mentioned, and Spencer Torkelson, and Julio Rodriguez, uh, this could be a special year for rookies in Major League Baseball and a very good rookie of the year race, I think, in both leagues. All right, coming up next, Davis had his NFBC main event draft last night. We're going to go through the first five rounds of some of those players and some late round picks as well. You're watching Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock will be back in just a couple of minutes taking a look at the NFBC Fantasy Baseball Draft. Don't go away. Great, great. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Make sure you are following us on social media on Twitter. And here are our handles, at SportsGrid, at SportsGridTV. For the latest news, notes, information, fantasy sports content, sports wagering content, opening day around the corner, master's information, you'll want to follow us for the latest at SportsGrid and at SportsGridTV. Well, naturally, fantasy baseball season is coming to a close. Just when it started, it feels like it's ending. That's kind of how spring training went this year, Davis, here in 2022. Of course, the lockout sort of disrupted some things. The NFBC has, I believe, two more drafts for the main event coming up, one Wednesday and one Thursday. You participated last night in your NFBC draft. So before we get to who you got, uh, I think it's probably important for a little bit of a reset to tell people what these leagues look like, sort of uh, you know, how many teams, kind of what you're supposed to do, and a little bit about the rules too, if you don't mind. All right, so fairly standard league, 15-team, mixed league, two catchers, uh, every infield position, a corner infielder, a middle infielder, five outfielders, and a util. You start that every single week. It's weekly lineups. You do them on Sunday night. Waivers run on Sunday night. You start nine pitchers. It is, uh, you know, 10 categories, uh, batting average, home runs, RBIs, steals, and then the pitching categories, wins, saves, ERA, whip and uh one other one that i'm forgetting right now but but basically the very standard rotisserie uh baseball category leagues you do a 30 round draft so it is uh you're you're gonna be there for uh for a while you gotta you gotta commit you gotta know that uh did, back half of the draft last night i was definitely getting uh it's like oh man we, we've taken a lot of fantasy baseball players here uh so you have your your 15 team contained league And then, of course, you're competing in an overall prize pool against everyone where the most points at the end of the season wins $175,000 to first place, $40,000 to second place, and you get $7,000 if you win your league, uh, $3,500 for second, and your money back for third inside of your league. So it's it's a pretty cool format. Yeah, it is. And and I think that this shows you in these drafts where the real drafters are because, of course, the most money is involved in these drafts as well. So that being said, the results are in. 
And let's take a look at some of Davis's picks in his uh, big NFBC draft last night. We've got the first round Juan Soto. A lot of people, he is the favorite, by the way, for NL MVP. I don't know how he'll win it on that team, but he's the favorite. Shane Bieber, Mr. Consistent, followed by Zach Wheeler in the 2-3. And then here's the huge surprise, Alberto Mondesi taken in the fourth round from the Kansas City Royals. And then Xander Bogarts is not a name that I thought I would see pop up here. I don't remember, uh, you know, Davis, you and I talking about him all that much. And he's a very good player, by the way. It's just not somebody that, that fits the Davis Mack profile to me. So walk me through your first five picks. So we picked at seven. And seven is the latest that Juan Soto has gone in any main event draft. We went and checked it. Uh, and we set the max pick on Juan Soto. So Bo Bichette went ahead. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. went ahead. Corbin Burns went ahead. Our our plan uh, was actually to take Shohei Otani there had Bichette and Burns gone before our pick at seven. And then we're sitting there and like, well, I mean, Soto is on average going as the second pick, so we should probably take him. Now, obviously, the problem with Juan Soto for fantasy baseball is – uh, he does not provide a ton of additional juice. So 29 home runs is good, but from a first-round pick, it's not great. Nine stolen bases is fine, but again, from a first-round pick, like Trey Turner is going to hit 30 home runs and steal 30 bases, right? And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to hit 45 home runs. And what Soto really does is he just anchors in your batting average. He is a career 300 hitter on over 2,000 Played appearances. He hit 313 last year. He hit 351 in the COVID shortened 60 game season. So you feel really, really good about your batting average. But obviously, for the rest of your draft, you got to be making up those categories, right? You got to be finding guys who, you know, are, are bad batting average guys, but are going to provide you a little bit of juice in those categories. And the Nationals, by the way, not that great of a team, right? It's just, it's just really what it is, is it's locking in 700 plate appearances of a 300 batting average. That's super helpful. Our next two picks, we knew we needed some stud starting pitching. We all loved Bieber. We took Bieber ahead of ADP. We feel really good about him. Like, we love his skills. Same thing for Zach Wheeler. Now, Zach Wheeler has fallen in these drafts because he's been dealing with some shoulder tightness in spring training, but he did a simulated game last week through 45 pitches. You know, and it's one of those things. Like, if Wheeler's healthy, this is one of the best picks of the draft, right? I mean, 200 innings. 2.9 ERA, guy's going to contend for the NL Cy Young. If he's hurt, well, we, we made a bad pick, and it, it really is pretty much that binary. And then uh, so, so we're sitting there on the clock in the fourth round. Uh, we had wanted to potentially take Tim Anderson or Trevor Story in the second round. They were both gone, so we took Bieber. Uh, but, you know, we're sitting there. We're three picks in. We're 45 picks into the draft. We don't have steals. We don't have home runs. We got to do something. And it was basically Mondesi or Aaron Judge at this point of the draft. And we basically thought the same thing we thought last year, which is if Mondesi plays 140 games, he's going to steal 20 more bases than anyone in baseball. And uh, they like, you know, you know the risk you're taking when you take Mondesi. And then the next pick, Xander Bogarts, well, you just took a guy who might hit 219, would be a very good thing to take another guy who is. Uh, you know, gonna gonna hit for three hundred, right. which Xander Bogarts is for sure gonna hit for three hundred. Yeah, no, I, and look, I I think that you know the dynamic that's always interesting to me is that, and I believe you said that you have somebody else that you teamed up with to draft. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right. Two, so the dynamic to me is always interesting because it's like 
when you like someone, like you like Mondesi, I always wonder what kind of convincing goes into uh, convincing your partner in this one. Like, was he in on Mondesi too? Like, was he okay with, obviously he was okay with the decision you wouldn't have taken him, but like, how did that conversation go? So we had a, we had a big debate on Mondesi because obviously we took him last year and we had to eat it. He played like 20 games last year, but we knew because we had we had sat down on Sunday night and did a strategy call, you know, like, okay, what do we want to do if the draft goes this way? Who are some of the later guys we like? Which I think, by the way, is a really smart thing to do in when you're playing in these high stakes leagues is to kind of reverse engineer your draft. So start with your later round selections. You know, who do I like in round 18? Who do I like in round 22? And how is that going to inform the categories that I'm targeting earlier? And one of the things we knew was we didn't love a ton of the SEAL guys, like, you know, Miles Straw, Andres Jimenez. Like, we just don't, we didn't really like those guys a ton. And, uh, you know, you can see the whole draft board on my Twitter, and you can see taking Mondesi basically freed us up to just take the hitters that we liked from that point on because we weren't having to jump on on those guys. But it was it was a little bit of an argument when we were up on the clock, for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Let, let's take a look at Davis's uh, later round picks real quick. Uh, we got Ozuna in the ninth round. We talked about him yesterday. I think there's a ton of value for him in the eighth, ninth, and even tenth. Joey Gallo, not a surprise to see him on your team. You got two Yankees, Donaldson there. Kluber is such an intriguing pick. If Tampa Bay can get him like they got Morton uh, even close, that's going to be a fantastic pick. And then Josiah Gray is interesting, too, with Washington. I don't think he's going to win any games, but, you know, the peripherals should help you. Yeah, so so one thing we did realize was, you know, I mean, if, if Wheeler has to miss some starts or whatever, like we, we just need some upside, right? Like a lot of those later round picks, you're going to cut them anyways, but you'd like to have a guy with a theoretical upside. Gray was horrible last season, 5.4 ERA in 70 innings, but the, the you know, the stuff, right? You know, how, how his stuff moves, how fast it is, is all pretty good. So take a shot on him. If he's bad for three starts, we can cut him. Kluber, same thing. I mean, is it really going to surprise anyone if Kluber puts together a really strong season for the Rays? It feels like this is just what they do. You know, they they signed Rich Hill last year, and then they trade Rich Hill because they fixed him, and they and then he gets the blister on his finger after he's traded. So that's uh, that was generally our later round strategy. All right. Well, we'll see if it works out for uh, Davis this year in the NFBC. Coming up next, it's our 2022 preview in fantasy of the Oakland A's. Now, I know a lot of you are out there going, my gosh, this is going to be a horrible team. I won't draft anyone in fantasy from this team. This is where you would make a mistake. because There's always diamonds in the rough. We'll see if we can find them on Oakland next. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. I'm Craig Mish along with Davis Maddock. On our show tomorrow, we'll preview the Masters and also preview another team in Major League Baseball. Just a quick note from baseball, by the way, uh, Bryson Stott, the uh, young infielder for the Philadelphia Phillies, has been informed he'll make the team. I think that probably moves him to third base with Didi at short. Don't know what that means for Alec Bohm, who was so well thought of last year. Uh, we'll follow that story for you before the end of the show and tell you what's going on there. Um, so, Davis, this is like one of the most fun things to do is looking at a really bad baseball team and trying to figure out who the fantasy stars will be. I enjoy doing this because I, I think that they're overlooked quite a bit. Now, we've heard this story, by the way, uh, before with Oakland Davis, right? Like they're going to be terrible. They're going to be bad. And then all of a sudden, somehow Oakland like scratches out like 75 wins. It just doesn't seem to matter who's on their team. I would say looking at their team this year, it is extremely far fetched to think that. Their FanDuel total is obviously getting close to 100 losses here with all the players that they've traded. But I think, you know, at the end of the year, they're going to have a couple of players where we'll look back and say, my gosh, that was a diamond in the rough. Well, uh, I, I have a surprise a little bit later for us here in the segment. One of these diamonds in the rough that is in the projected starting lineup for the Oakland Athletics is on our NFBC team. We took we took one of these guys, uh, one of my one of my co-managers felt uh that uh that one of these guys is a stud but you're right you know the the a's are sort of interesting in that way like the team results might be bad because they don't have the high-end talent but they do always kind of find guys who like are really hit their platoon really well you know lefties who smash righties righties who they you know they start once a week against lefties and things like that which is um I guess it's sort of bad for seasonal fantasy baseball because, like, are you really starting Chad Pender even though he's only going to play twice a week or whatever? But it is kind of fun for DFS that they have these guys who do just absolutely rake in their platoon splits. Yeah, and and also worth mentioning Bob Melvin, who did such a good job managing them for so long, is gone. And Mark Kotze is a first-year manager for the Oakland A's. Here's their opening day lineup, and don't hold me to this one because certainly it's the A's. It can change. Tony Kemp is going to lead off. His ADP is, uh, I mean, they don't have anyone in the ADP in the top 400, but Tony Kemp's is the highest because, you know, essentially he's going to get the most plate appearances. And and he had eight home runs. He'll steal some bases. Elvis Andrews is on not only the back nine, but he's like beyond amen corner here, Davis, at the Masters. Sean Murphy's ADP is 241. He can hit. He had 17 home runs last year. Seth Brown had 20 home runs last year, too, but his batting average is tough. Jed Lowry, yes, he is back again in Oakland, one of the longest-running players in all of baseball. His ADP is 700, not taking him. Stephen Piscotty hasn't been able to stay on the field, ADP 700. Uh, Sheldon Noose is is the interesting one here, Davis, because they sent down Eric Thames, so he's going to open up as their first baseman. And so I'd probably give him a ADP of at least 100 higher than what he's going here, 748. Everyday first baseman on a baseball team, got to take that. Kevin Smith. 
And then Christian Pache, who's going to bat ninth, great fielder, but really can't hit. So I am curious, who is that diamond on your team? <laughs> who is the guy from this lineup? It is third baseman Kevin Smith, who was acquired in a trade with the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Smith in the minor leagues last year, 410 plate appearances, 21 home runs, 18 steals, 285 batting average. Uh, the combined projections at Fangraphs have him for 304 plate appearances, 12 home runs, 6 steals. Not a good batting average, but obviously uh, he was always old for his level. So he's 24 years old. So a 24-year-old at AAA, you would expect him to do very well. So it's just very much a matter of, of you know, what is going to happen. Like, is this guy any good or not? Might be the first guy we cut if, uh, or, you know, if through two weeks of the sure. season, he's got zero hits and striking out a bunch. But just the idea of a guy who's got a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. And also, you know, if you look at the uh, Athletics roster, Third base is a spot that they are pretty thin at because they are DHing Jed Lowry. I mean, Jed Lowry, it's so, and, and Stephen Vogt, by the way, 38 years old. Uh, Jed Lowry, also 38 years old. I don't think they're trying to have those guys go out there and play at third base. So they don't really have a backup third baseman unless they want to try and play Chad Pinder there, who has played second base and shortstop, but I, I don't think so. Kevin Smith does look like their opening day third baseman. And if he hits, he'll move up the order. If he doesn't hit, they will figure something out. But that is, um, that's the guy. And then also I am interested in Chad Pinder as well. Um, because if you, if you, I don't know, Craig, if you care about the stat cast data, you know, the exit velocity and the barrel rate and everything, Chad Pinder always rates out really well in those against left-handers. They don't start him against righties very often, but just, you know, for example, last season, he had 233 plate appearances, six home runs. Uh, you know, I mean, like he, like, I, I'm just curious what would happen if they just said, you know what, we, we're going to suck anyways. Just go get 600 plate appearances and let's see what you can do. It feels like he's he's the perfect player to play for half the season and trade, but at least for now, they have yeah. not decided to open up the season with him. Uh, as a starter now now the value for for the a's clearly is going to be on one of these pitchers because oakland plays in a very pitcher ballpark friendly and they always seem to develop guys uh, like chris bassett's bassett's a good example of that like sean Manaya is a good example of that it did not work out for jesus lazardo they traded him to miami it did not work out for aj puck davis who they put in the bullpen but here is the potential, and I say potential because I don't think this is set, but they're starting five. Frankie Montas will be at the top. You're not getting any discount with him. His ADP is 142. But the rest, you kind of are. Cole Irvin made a lot of starts last year, and there's, like, no trust factor in drafts for him. Dalton Jeffries is very well thought of. You can get him for nothing at the end. And then I know nothing of Adam Euler at all. And Paul Blackburn, I remember at the end of last season, like fading because he just was just so tough. I mean, look, Oakland just doesn't have back-end starters. That's the key here. But I would bet that of all of the players that we've talked about, someone in their starting rotation is going to pitch better than we think. It feels like that's just like an Oakland thing. Well, I mean, I do wonder if it is Dalton Jeffries. I wonder if, you know, given how brutal uh, their their rotation is, I wonder if A.J. Puck gets moved out of the bullpen and they try and stretch him out in the middle of the season just to see if he's got anything. Uh, you know, obviously because he was so well thought of for so long, he was the number six overall pick, uh, you know, quite 
quite some time ago. Um, you know, they do have a couple other prospecty type guys hanging around. Uh, they they traded for this uh, this Adrian Martinez guy from the Padres. They traded for Zach Logue from the Rays or uh, from the Blue Jays rather. So and and you, I mean, the, the A's they're going to try all sorts of things. Like we we know. We know what they do, but uh, looking at this, I do think Dalton Jeffries. I that that is maybe going to be a guy that I monitor a little bit here. Uh, the first couple weeks of Fab bidding, uh, the projection systems think he's de- decent. The issue is uh, he he never really has struck out a ton of guys at any level. The last time he really generated mm-hmm. a strikeout rate that would kind of make you your your eyes pop. He, the problem was he was a twenty three year old in double a so yeah that can kind of go it's, it's just not really that predictive yeah also want to mention uh the best player maybe on oakland is ramon loriano he suspended for the first 27 games of the season and obviously his adp is much higher than a lot of these players but he will not be on the opening day roster uh if there's a second best player to draft for me in fantasy it's the player we're going to talk about here and that is lou trevino his adp he's the closer of the a's his adp is 242 davis they have nothing nothing in the back end outside of Trevino to get saved. So you may say, well, you know, Craig, they're going to probably trade this guy in July, aren't they? I mean, I mean, Davis, they're probably trying to trade him now, to be honest with you. But the reason why I like a player like this for is, is a couple of reasons. Number one, Davis, no pressure, right? Bad team come in with a lead. If you, if you get it great, if you don't fine. And then how many games is Oakland going to win that are going to be three to two or four to three Oakland may only win 65 games. But of those 65, what would you say are within a run or two? 40 of them? 50 of them? They're not going to be scoring a lot of runs this season. So Trevino is going to be set up for a lot of opportunities. I like taking guys like this with some experience in the back end on teams that aren't good that can't hit. So I think Trevino fits that profile for me. Yeah, the distribution of saves is pretty fascinating, right? Uh, You know, because like a bad team can still generate a bunch of saves, right? I mean, you know, we were just talking about, I took Mark Melanson in the NFBC, but if, if they just, if, if their distribution of games just happens to randomly be a bunch of close games, that'll be really good for him. I do wonder though, I mean, talking about AJ Puck, uh, I, I, you know, I do wonder if maybe they would throw him in that role if they trade Trevino, just cause like, look, I mean, this guy has been, their top prospect forever. They've always wanted to make him happy. He's got or make him happen. He's got 24 innings in the major leagues to his yeah. record. But certainly, he would not be the first guy to be a failed starting pitching prospect who ends up becoming a really good reliever. I mean, in fact, that is kind of what most really good relievers were: is they were drafted as starting pitchers. It didn't work out. They got hurt. Whatever. And I, I don't know. Maybe I just I just want AJ Puck to happen, kind of. I don't know of any six foot ten relievers that have been uh, closers like this from the left side. They called him like the little unit, like Randy Johnson. I remember him pitching at the University of Florida, thinking he could be the number one overall pick in the uh, in the draft. But I-, I can't imagine they're willing to just punt his career. Maybe it's closer. Maybe it's starter. Maybe it is opener. I mean, who knows? I, I think that look, Oakland's going to have someone we'll be talking about Davis in three weeks, going, "Hey, remember when we did that show? We talked about Oakland." This is the guy that ended up doing it. So we certainly will see. Coming up next, it's time for a little fantasy or reality. We'll hit on some NFL coming up next and the Houston Texans. Uh, also a little baseball as far as rookies go and a very exciting team in the Seattle Mariners. So stay on the grid. Davis and I will be right back for more fantasy sports today. Coming up at 1 o'clock Eastern, Kevin and Donnie. Got it from there. Scott Perrell takes over later today. We'll be right back here on Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. NBA back in action tonight, Davis. Of course, last night was the college basketball national championship. One of the games, not not a marquee game by any stretch. Maybe we thought it would be at this point. Lakers and Suns. I know Frank Vogel coming under a lot of heat lately. The Lakers basically, I I think, kind of got a win out here to have a shot at making the play-in game or make the playoffs. But I I guess if Vogel is gone, this is sort of like a LeBron James, who do you want to coach the team next year? (laughs) That's sort of how it works. I mean, I guess. That, that's what you would think, right? But then there's been a lot of uh, sniping and internal reporting and, and stuff that uh, actually the front office of the Lakers, like, look, LeBron, you're under contract. You don't have an opt-out. You signed your deal. You're, under, you're not going to hold out because everyone knows LeBron wants his wins, right? I mean, and, and his points. Like, there is a pretty good chance that LeBron can end up tops in, like, every statistical category in basketball history and missing time not good for that. Um, and, and it's kind of been suggested that the team was so unenthused with the Russell Westbrook trade that Anthony Davis and LeBron James really wanted. Remember, I mean, they basically traded an entire functional rotation. I mean, they traded Kyle Kuzma. They traded uh, Montrezl Harrell. I mean, they traded Contavious Caldwell-Pope. They, like, basically, like, half of their rotation from last season and multiple first-round picks were traded for Russell Westbrook that ranks as Maybe considering what it cost the Lakers this year and LeBron in his age 38 season, one of the most disastrous trades in modern NBA history. I mean, total disaster. So I wonder if they're like, you know what, LeBron, you're playing. We know you're not going anywhere. We're not going to trade you. We're hiring the coach that we want and we're making the personnel moves that we want because there's not a ton you can do about it. We'll see after the season. Lakers have a few games to get in, and if they don't, it'll be a playoffless LeBron James this year. Wow. All right, let's find out what Brett's got in store for us. Here's fantasy or reality. (laughs) 
All right. Well, uh, Julio Rodriguez is going to make the opening day roster for the Seattle Mariners. So, Davis, we'll start with you for this one. Julio Rodriguez, Jared Kalenic, and Kyle Lewis will start the majority of games for the Mariners this season. Is this a fantasy or reality? Well, uh, I guess it remains to be seen because Kyle Lewis is currently, uh, you know, working back from a torn ACL. It uh, he felt good running the bases this last week and could participate in a minor league game soon. And you know, I, with baseball, look, I I love baseball, but definitely if I was choosing a sport to come back from an ACL tear on, uh, I would choose baseball over basketball or football or hockey or soccer or anything like that because of the movements that are required out of you. Kyle Lewis can obviously DH a little bit when he comes back. That's what Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to do for the Braves. Uh, their DH right now, opening day, is probably going to be Jesse Winker, and Winker can just play the outfield while Kyle Lewis is getting back um the question really i guess so there's that and then the other question here is i mean what is jared kelnick right he's he's 22 years old so certainly not a finished product he did hit 181 last year and struck out 28 percent of the time he needs i mean he graded out as a way better guy he graded out as a 60 hit tool guy so you you need him to do better than that now the Mariners, I think, have a really wide range of outcomes, Craig. I think they could be really good. If Hellenic hits like the guy he's supposed to, if Julio Rodriguez starts on fire, I think they could be pretty good. Um, and if they are good and Kelnick is struggling, I wonder if he ends up going down. So I think there's enough up in the air here that I'm going to say fantasy. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. They have the 2020 Rookie of the Year in Kyle Lewis. They had what they thought was the Rookie of the Year in 2021 in Kellenick, and then the Rookie of the Year this year in Julio Rodriguez and all playing the outfield. Uh, I'm very worried about Kyle Lewis at this point. He has just not looked the same since 2020. I, I do think Kellenick will be fine, and I do think the point you brought up of Winker, Winker could clearly play the outfield. I don't, I don't think there's sure. any question about that. So uh, in terms of majority, I'm going to say fantasy here. Also, Eugenio Suarez is another player that they added Seattle last year to. I do think that you mentioned very important for to see how they start off. Let's also not forget last year, Seattle had the worst run differential of virtually any team that was close to the postseason. They looked like a sub 500 team for the majority of the year. The data did not back that up. So I will say fantasy here. I'm worried about Lewis. Uh, hasn't looked right. It's been banged up all since 2020. And when, we, when you win the Rookie of the Year, Davis, in 2020, and you're only playing 60 games, what does that even really say uh, about you? Lewis was sort of a late bloomer in terms of prospect, too. I'm in on Rodriguez. I'm in on Kellenic. I'm out on Lewis. I got fantasy for this. All right. Our next question. Uh, the Brandon Ro Cooks rumors are heating up again with the NFL draft under a month away. So, Craig, we'll start with you for this one. Brandon Cooks will be traded before the season. Is this a fantasy or reality? Easy reality. Houston is playing this perfectly. They probably do not like what they've been offered right now. What is the rush? There is none. This is the NFL. It is just like all other sports where if you don't get what you want initially, teams will never admit it it is not good to root for it but the reality is davis someone will be hurt and brandon cooks will get traded to a team where he has an opportunity to play more 
Uh, right now, the teams that are probably vying for Odell Beckham Jr. see Brandon Cooks as, as the backup option. So once Beckham is done, Cooks goes to the team that did not get him. This is a rebuilding effort where you have the Band-Aid. It's on Brandon Cooks. He's the last one left, essentially. They got to pull that Band-Aid off. They got to trade Brandon Cooks. I don't know what he's going to go for, honestly, at this stage. Is it a three? I mean, is that even reasonable to think he could go for a three? I think it's probably the best that they could get. I got him traded. He's not going to be on this team to start the season. Uh, no, I, I think he is going to be, and I think he will probably be moved a little bit tro- uh, a little bit closer to the trade deadline because uh, there was a report that came out yesterday that the Houston Texans have been asking for like a second or third round pick for Brandon Cooks, and no one wants to bite at that price, not because they don't like Brandon Cooks, but his contract is actually a problem, not, not the size of it, not the amount of money, but that it's only one year. And trading a, a third round pick for a guy in one year deal. I mean, you'd, you'd rather have, you know, whatever wide receiver is going in the third round. That's cost controlled labor. Uh, you're going to have them for four years. A third round pick makes like $600,000 against the cap. Brandon Cooks makes $16.5 million against the cap. So I, I do, I think you're probably right in the context that the teams that are looking at Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and some of these other veteran wide receivers who are still hanging around, they're also probably monitoring the Brandon Cooks market, but they are not prepared to pay this price tag that the Houston Texans are asking for, and the Texans are wagering someone's tearing their ACL in training camp, right? Someone, Someone's tearing their Achilles. Someone's injuring their shoulder and not going to be ready for the start of the year. Uh, maybe we can get a second from the Packers because they're going to be so desperate or whatever. But I, I'm going to say fantasy, and I'm going to say uh, he remains – uh, at least until training camp starts, I'm saying he remains on the Texans roster. All right. Our last question of the day is about the weekend because he told E! News that uh, he might pull what he's calling a yay, but older viewers may call it a, a P. Diddy Puff Daddy or a Prince uh, artist a Prince. formerly known as Prince. Yeah, there you go. So the weekend... Davis, we'll start with you. The weekend should change his name. Is this a fantasy or reality? Well, uh, I mean, I feel like this is generally not a good idea just because of how people find and discover and categorize music. You know, I think it would have been, uh, you know, when people were buying physical media, when you when you went to Sam Goody and bought a CD, and and even further than that, you go to the record store, and you buy a record. I feel like that was a little bit easier to do, change your name, right? Uh, The the record store, they write the weekend slash whatever. You know, they write print slash the symbol, and they just put all the records in the same place. They put all the CDs in the same place. But uh, how's Apple Music going to handle this? How's Spotify going to handle this? Do they they put it all under one category? Uh, Like, I, I know that we talked yesterday about the Grammys, and they had... Uh, that that Silk Sonic group that was Bruno Mars and was it the weekend or, or someone else like I, I and Anderson Pac right so how do I go to find that on Apple Music if I search for Anderson Pac do I find those guys songs or are they not there so I think that this would be a mistake from like a monetization standpoint an SEO standpoint like I feel like you you can't be flip flopping your name and categorization around if you want the people who give you your 0.001 cents per listen to keep listening to you. I feel like this would be a misstep, Craig. You know, I, I mean, I, I like the reasoning, but I feel like Googling anything gets you where you want to be. Like, I, I feel like if I'm, 
I feel like if I'm hungry and I Google new car, it's going to show me the food that I was thinking of on the internet. It's so bizarre how that works. Like, I feel like they're like this artificial intelligence is ahead of us in that way. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. This is fantasy because it just doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. And, and Davis, this is what I would say. Anyone who changes their name in any realm, we always refer to their original name. It goes with, without fail, this happens. And we can even translate this to sports. Does anybody call Ron Artest Meta World Peace? You, I call this guy Ron Artest, and I always have called him Ron Artest. I probably always will. In uh, Do I call Kanye West? Ye? No, I call him Kanye West, and I still call Prince Prince. And Tim Raines changed his name to Rock officially. I, and I don't know if you remember him, David, but I I, st- I mean, it's fun to call him Rock Raines. He is Tim Raines. He went into the Hall of Fame as Tim Raines, even though he officially changed his name to Rock and then changed it back. So, Davis, for me, I guess I would ask you, is there anyone that has been able to pull this off where they have changed their name and we, as media, as fans, actually refer to that name? Because I do not. I think, uh, I think... Diddy, right? I I think that I think that he successfully pulled it off, right? Because what his original name was Puff Daddy, right? That was the that was the OG I still name. Puff Daddy. See, I don't. I call him. I I would I I would hear him referred to as as, as Diddy, right? Or or P Diddy or P or whatever. Um, like I think I think that I think that it, maybe and maybe that's a generational thing. Maybe because you knew him as that, but by the time I came mm-hmm. around. I, I, and I think that's what you have to do. I think you cannot allow anything to come out under the old name. Don't answer interview questions to the old name. Consistently refer to yourself in the third person as the new name. Like it, you, it, It's got to be a very concentrated effort. I, I don't think you can just kind of lapsadaisically go into it. Yeah, and I understand if it's for like family reasons. Like we've seen, I, I think the last five, ten years – is we've seen like the players add junior and senior to the end of their name, right? Like that's been like the thing. And I think that that's fine, but it's like a family thing. And or if, or if you want to refer to a, another last name because of someone in your family, your mother and father, like I get all, like that makes sense. But just to arbitrarily change the name and to think that that's going to stick, I don't know. I just, it's not something that I think is going to work, but good luck if the weekend changes. You know what the weekend should honestly do? He should add another E to his name on the weekend. Isn't that like the easiest thing to do? Like actually be the weekend? Never understood. Where is that E on the end of his name? Just put it there. Anyway, Sports Grid, I could have done that for Sports Grid 60. Sports Grid 60 is coming up next. Final thought here on the show, and then we'll turn it over to Kevin and Donnie. Scott Farrell, 3 o'clock Eastern. He is ready to take you coast to coast a little bit later. We will be right back on Sports Grid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. 
Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We've got one more team preview on tomorrow's show. Also a preview of the upcoming Masters with Dubs on our program tomorrow. Looking forward to catching you then. But before we get out of here today, let's turn it over to Davis, see what's on his mind in today's Sports Grid at 60. So I was doing my NFBC draft last night, and uh, you know one thing you notice when you get into the real nitty-gritty of fantasy baseball is how many guys go from, oh, you know, I stole eight, nine, ten bases to zero. To, like, literally, they just stop doing it. And then randomly, one of those guys will come back and do it again. Paul Goldschmidt was a guy who did that last year. Zero stolen bases for two seasons, stole 12 bases last season. And that kind of just got me thinking, like, if managers decided they didn't care and guys were just doing it, like how how hard is it relatively for a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, you know, some like guy who's not fast, but who's relatively athletic, like could CJ Crone be stealing bases? Could Nolan Arenado be stealing bases? Like I just I think that is really fascinating because clearly a lot of these guys have the ability to do it and they just don't do it because it's not that important in the context of baseball anymore. But I did just, I, that was just a little wrinkle I was thinking of. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Juan Soto stole uh, close to 20 bases one year. I think one season, Albert Pujols may have stole like 15 or 20 bases out of nowhere. I don't know how that happens. All right, so spring training has come to an end. This is it. It is over. I uh, always like to end with my same thought about spring training. There, I, I don't know how anyone complains about it. It is the most wonderful time of the year. The weather changes. The players are friendly. Uh, you know, the teams are friendly, too. My highest recommendation I can ever give to anybody is that plan your trips for next year to Florida and Arizona. It's some of the most fun time that you could possibly have, especially if you have kids, too. Uh, always sorry to see it end uh, here where I am in South Florida. That'll do it for our show. Thank you to LTN, of course, as always, for getting us on the air. Uh, Danny and Ryan on the graphics, our producer, Brett Levy. And for Davis Maddock, I'm Craig Mish. We will see you tomorrow here at noon. Have a great day. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.